We are one week away from the NFL draft, and boy, can it get here now. It cannot get here soon enough, but we still have one more week to talk about the draft, what the Carolina Panthers might do at number one, which we pretty much know. What about the other five picks the Carolina Panthers have? We'll talk about the best case scenario for the Carolina Panthers coming out of the draft next week right here on Locked on Panthers. You are Locked on Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, and be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council, where tomorrow I'll be back again to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. One more chance to ask me questions leading up to the 2023 NFL draft, where, of course, Carolina Panthers will be selecting a quarterback number one overall. And we believe that quarterback will be Bryce Young, but it could still be CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson or I guess Will Levis. But either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council to get in on the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. One more week. We are one more week away from the draft finally being here and finally not having to have the same conversation that we've had since March 10th when the Carolina Panthers traded up to number one to Chicago Bears. I have said basically everything I have to say about what the Carolina Panthers should do at one. I've said pretty much all I have to say what they should do at 39. And at 93, and I believe 114, and all the other picks they have in the draft. It is time to get there. I had a friend text me on Wednesday morning saying, hey, man, I uh, I can hear it in your voice how tired you are about talking about the draft. I'm like, yeah, man, like the excitement of having number one pick was awesome. Like it felt good to know, okay, the Carolina Panthers control the draft board. You know, they're going to get a quarterback. They're going to get the guy that they want. Once you get into like week three, week four of it, and they've gone through pro days, and they've been through all of the testing and interviews and all that kind of stuff, you get to the point where it's like, all right, can we just get this over with? Like, I'm tired of debating whether Bryce Young's too small. I'm tired of talking about whether C.J. Stroud can play off script. I'm over talking about Anthony Richardson, whether he's going to be a bust or he's going to be a great player. I'm, I'm over it. Let's just get to the draft already. So I'm happy the Carolina Panthers put myself into a position and themselves in a position where they – Oregon at number one, we knew that they were going to be the talk of the draft, and that's great. Have no idea how I'm going to talk about the draft next year with the Panthers not having a first-round pick. No clue, but we'll deal with that next March and April. But right now, we still have one more week until the Carolina Panthers are right there on the clock in selecting their quarterback, which it seems to be Bryce Young. Now, Scott Bitterer, Cole Spencer, Dan Morgan told us on Tuesday they have yet to make their final decision. Scott Fitter hasn't even talked to Frank Reich, but he feels like he knows where Frank Reich is leaning, and it might be the same direction as Scott Fitter. So eventually, here in a week, we will know for sure who the quarterback will be here in Carolina. But until then, we keep talking draft. Now, the Carolina Panthers have six picks coming up next week as of this moment. I have not gotten any indication from Scott Fitterer 
during his press conferences, any availability that he's had over the last month or so that he's looking to add more picks. That was certainly the case in 2021 where he let it be known that they wanted more than, I believe, the six picks that they went into that draft with. And they ended up leaving up 11 draft picks and maneuvering all across the board, something we have not seen a Panthers general manager do in the franchise history up until that moment in time. And, you know, there's been good returns. There's been bad returns from the players they took there in uh, 2021. But either way, it does not look like that's something that Scott Fitter wants to do next week here in Carolina. They spent a lot of time going out and getting some veterans for agency. We've talked about them, Hayden Hurst, uh, Miles Sanders, who spoke to the media on Wednesday. We'll talk more about what he had to say, what kind of role he could play here in Carolina later on here on the show. We've talked about many of the players that they've signed for agency and even some of the younger guys that were drafted in 2020 and 2021, and even earlier than that, with guys like Brian Burns, who have grown and developed into the foundation of this organization and players that the Carolina Panthers did not want to move off of when there was talks of there being a fire sale around the trade deadline last year when uh, Matt Rule was no longer here, Steve Wilkes was the interim head coach, and Christian McCaffrey's on his way out. Robbie, now known as Chosen Anderson, was also booted out of town here in Carolina. They have a good mix of young players and a little bit of veterans, but not as many veterans as you would want. But eventually the younger guys who are obviously the core of the team will eventually be those veterans here in Carolina. So the Panthers pretty much feel good about what they have foundationally and know who the starters are going to be. They're not going out there and trying to find guys who are asked to start day one. Now, Bryce Young, if he gets drafted here, CJ Stroud, they could be day one starters and eventually here in 2023 will be asked to start. But the rest of the draft board, looking at their second-round pick at 39, their third-round pick at 93, their two fourth-round picks at 114, 132, and their fifth-round pick at 145, none of these guys are going to be asked to come in day one and start. Maybe at 39, especially when you think about Scott Fitter saying, like, the meat of the draft is between 20 and 45, and that's why they want to say that 39, they were able to give away the 61st pick, which they got from San Francisco in McCaffrey's trade. They were able to trade that away. Um, in the trade that got them the number one pick to Chicago. So that's where we're sitting at here, where they have that one pick what's going to be the quarterback, and they have five of their picks to go out there and hit some of their needs. But they're not necessarily going out and trying to find guys who have to come in here and start day one for the team, which is a good and healthy position to be, especially when you have a new coaching staff and new players coming in here and you're trying to turn things around in a wide-open NFC South here in 2023. Now, going back to Tuesday, Scott Fitter had said that they could always need a pass rusher, they could beef up the offensive line, they could use another wide receiver and linebacker. So pass rusher, offensive line, wide receiver, linebacker, we've been talking about three of those four as needs heading into the draft for the last couple of weeks. Now, cornerback has also been a position that we've also discussed and something that Scott did not bring up. That does not mean that Scott Fitter is not interested in drafting a corner and the Carolina Panthers won't draft a corner. I certainly believe that they should based off of what we've seen. Now, adding Eric Rowe, who started in this league, he started in a Super Bowl, who's been a solid player, adding him in as likely the number three corner, depending on how things go with C.J. Henderson's development, same thing with Keith Taylor, and what they decide to do in the draft, that might allow them to not have to go out there and take a corner early, like in 39. Scott Fitter also told us on Tuesday that they wanted to set themselves up to be able to go best player available once they got to their certain draft spots, especially there at 39. As far as looking at the best-case scenario for the Carolina Panthers, six picks, six needs. Quarterback, we know that's going to go at number one overall. Who's it going to be? Looks like Bryce Young, but that fills a need. Edge, 
looking at Dane Brugler, who will actually be on the show on Monday, going to talk to him on Thursday morning. Uh, you're either watching this on Wednesday now, you're listening to this on Thursday, whenever you get to the podcast. Going to probably put that out on Monday. Kind of scared to leave it hanging, sitting there for a while, but... I need to have the weekend to kind of relax before we get into a crazy um, draft next week. So Dane Brugler likely on Monday here on the show for his latest mock draft. He had Panthers taking Bryce Young number one, and that 39 had him taking B.J. Ojolari, the edge rusher out of LSU. We talked to Matt Miller of ESPN.com about him. We talked to Keith Sanchez of the Draft Network and, of course, Locked On NFL Draft as well about B.J. Ojolari. That is a player who has first-round pedigree, played in the SEC, and could come in and be a really good player for you year one. Now, are we expecting a ton? No, but he can come in and hopefully give you the kind of production that they got last year from Marquise Haynes and then develop into that edge rusher opposite of Brian Burns, which they need. As Scott Fitterer told us, they could always find a pass rusher. So B.J. Ozolari, that would make a lot of sense. Wide receiver, he has him taking Jaden Red, the wide receiver out of Michigan State, had a better year in 2021 when Michigan State went to the Peach Bowl, had over 1,000 yards receiving that year. Last year, they weren't as good, had 600 yards receiving, solid player. He's small. And you have to understand, when looking at these wide receivers, Jackson Smith and Jigba is probably the, bit, the, t- the top wide receiver, even though he barely played last year at Ohio State. He's a small guy. Josh Downs is a small guy. Jalen Hyatt's a small guy. Um, Quentin Johnson's pretty much the only kind of big wide receiver that's expected to go in the first round or early second round. This is a very small wide receiver class. And are the Panthers looking for a slot guy? They have Adam Thielen here under contract for the next three years, really the next two years, guaranteed. Does it make sense to bring in a smaller wide receiver who would be playing the same position as Thielen? But the Panthers, in my opinion, need someone who can come in and be that wide receiver for the long term with whoever they take at number one as their quarterback. So Jaden Red could make sense for the Carolina Panthers at 93 if that's what they want to do. There's other needs also at linebacker, offensive line, corner. Now as far as what Dame Brugler had in the fourth round, the two picks Carolina Panthers have, he has them taking Terrell Smith, a corner out of Minnesota, which makes sense, a very deep cornerback draft, and a, a position the Carolina Panthers need to address, knowing that Dante Jackson is coming off an Achilles injury. Eric Rowe, yes, he's coming in to be possibly the number three corner. We'll see how that works out as far as competitions once they get down to training camp down in Spartanburg. C.J. Henderson last year, here in Carolina, potentially, depending upon whether he plays. Contract year is always undefeated, by the way. And then Keith Taylor, they don't have great depth. They have guys who have played, which is a good thing, that Henderson and Taylor have gotten experience. They have just gotten burned. Now, that's not to say that they can't eventually develop into better players. And with the experience, you would hope that they would be ready to go. But right now, it's hard to really plan on that just based off of what we've seen on the field the last two years, especially week 17 last year against Tampa Bay and against Mike Evans in that loss at end of the Carolina Panthers season and their playoff hopes. Uh, right in at, also in the fourth round at 132, Zach Evans running back at Ole Miss is who Dane Brugler has the Carolina Panthers taking. Now, had they not brought in Miles Sanders, that make a lot of sense to me. I like Zach Evans, pass catcher, really good running back, former five-star, was at TCU, then transferred over to Ole Miss, who had a great rushing attack, I think the best in the SEC uh, last year alongside um, a freshman, Quinshaw Jukins. That would make sense if Miles Sanders wasn't here. And it's part of the reason why I was saying I don't really want to pay a running back. I would have been fine paying $4 million to $3 million because of what he can bring to you as a downhill rusher. And that's really what the former regime wanted to do, although – 
they weren't doing that beginning of the season until Steve Wilkes took over. But they don't have that kind of running back right now. I don't think they need a Zach Evans type when you already have Miles Sanders here under contract for four years and really at least the next two. I feel like as long as Deuce Staley's here and Miles Sanders plays well at the age of 25, he's going to be here in Carolina. They don't need Zach Evans. It's year three of Chuba Hubbard. If anything, they need a bruising kind of back, and that's not what Zach Evans is. Um, And then your Sir Abdullah. Linebacker out of Louisville is who he has Carolina Panthers taking the fifth round at 145. Linebacker, that is, again, a need on the Carolina Panthers roster right now. Like quarterback, edge, wide receiver, linebacker, offensive line, corner. They're going to get a quarterback. I have to imagine they'll get an edge. I would be surprised they don't get a corner or they don't get a linebacker. Offensive line, that was not a need I had thought about until Monday when talking to y'all about the depth chart heading into the draft. And when you look at it, you have your top five guys. But then you also have Austin Corbett, who's coming off of an ACL. Brady Christensen, he's coming off of a broken leg. I'm not all that concerned about Brady Christensen. We'll see if he'll be fine. I would hope that would be the case. We did see a couple years ago with Matt Paradis when he came over as a free agent from Denver. He really struggled that first year with the broken leg. And then the next season was his best year in Carolina. Then he goes down with an ACL tear back in 2021. That was the last we saw Matt Paradis. I don't think he's even in the league right now. So that could hinder Brady Christensen. The hope is that's not going to be the case. But of course, it has the far significant injury, far more significant injury with the ACL that he suffered in week 18. The absolute worst time that could happen. We saw Odell Beckham Jr., different position, of course. A lot more is asked out of wide receivers than out of right guards in the NFL. He didn't play at all last season. He could have played at some point in time, but he didn't play at all. And it's not an apples-apples comparison. We've seen guys recover from ACLs quicker than others. And we've seen with modern medicine how you're able to bounce back from an ACL and be the same player, if not a better player, once you get back. So with Corbett, I'm just curious of whether he'll be ready to go week one. They have Cade Mays, who they drafted last year out of Tennessee. Deontay Brown is still on this roster. We'll see whether he is able to get in the right shape and he's at the right weight and he can be a contributor for the Carolina Panthers. Justin McCrary, he's coming over here as well as a veteran who's played with um, James Camp and the offensive line coach here in Carolina back in their time in Houston. He can help them. They don't have a swing tackle, though. They got to find someone who can be a swing tackle, who can be a backup tackle for the Panthers. Cade Mays, yeah, he could do it. He, they haven't played all over the offensive line last year, um, playing an RB set. I feel like an offensive line would make a lot of sense for the Carolina Panthers in the draft. And with six picks, already knowing that one of them is going to go to a quarterback, whether it's Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, we'll find out later. But knowing that, they have five more picks and they have five more needs, in my opinion edge, wide receiver, linebacker, offensive line, corner. Best case scenario, the Carolina Panthers are able to go best player available, and then fill every single one of those needs in the draft. Again, hard to imagine they don't take an edge rusher or a linebacker or a corner. Offensive line, especially after hearing what Scott Fitteris had to say, that feels like that's something that's going to happen. Wide receiver, he's mentioned that. He mentioned linebacker, mentioned edge rusher. He did not mention corner. Looking at how things have played out, though, depth-wise and with your top two guys, and J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson physically, you need to address that position in the draft and find someone who can be that number two because Dante doesn't feel like he's long for here. And certainly Keith Taylor and CJ Henderson, the last two seasons have not shown nearly enough for you to have that much confidence in their ability to one day step up and be that number two opposite of JC Horn. So best case scenario to me, the Carolina Panthers go in the draft, get their quarterback and then go out there, get an edge rusher, a wide receiver, a linebacker, an offensive lineman and a cornerback. Is it going to happen that perfectly? We'll see. 
but they certainly have an opportunity to go out there and to address every single one of those needs heading into the draft next Thursday night in Kansas City. Now, Andy Dalton, he is here in Carolina. He is going to be maybe the starting quarterback come week one. We'll find out how that plays out. Miles Sanders is here, though, to be the starting running back for the Carolina Panthers. Both those guys spoke to the media on Wednesday afternoon. We'll talk about what their role could be here in Carolina, what kind of impact they could have for the Panthers in 2023 and beyond. All that coming up here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Uh, but before we get there, something exciting is coming to Built.com on April 22nd. I don't have all the details yet, but the excitement is real, and it's something you won't want to miss. If you know how Built works, you know that they have the most incredible protein bars in the world, and they do these amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quantities. So mark your calendars and head to Built.com on Saturday, April 22nd, this upcoming Saturday, to be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. I can't wait to see what this new flavor is make sure though to use promo code locked on 15 and get you 15% off your order that's promo code locked on 15 for 15% off your first order the local charlotte media got an opportunity to sit down with new panthers andy dalton and miles sanders on wednesday afternoon and if i can recall i don't believe too many of the new carolina panthers players have spoken to the media looking at my free agency notes right now have we heard from hayden hurst i don't think so i don't think they've talked to adam thielen maybe this is the week because that last monday was the beginning of the offseason period and they've had a couple media availabilities so far you'll listen to scott fitter and cole spencer and dan morgan on tuesday then on wednesday andy dalton miles sanders possibly on thursday we might get to hear from Hayden Hurst or uh, Adam Thielen or DJ Chark or maybe even Von Bell. So we'll see uh, if that happens. But I have not heard from any of the new guys since they got here to Carolina. But good to hear from Andy Dalton, who is coming here to be that bridge quarterback for the Carolina Panthers and possibly the starter come week one. We'll see what his role is. And Andy Dalton, I think, is the perfect veteran for Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or whoever they end up taking there at number one in the draft because he has the experience – of playing and starting day one as a rookie. He talked about how the biggest adjustment for him was having to learn quickly the offense and the speed and the rhythm of the game, understanding how defenses are playing, the blitzes, the coverages, the protections that you have to go out, call out there for your offensive line. Being able to understand the nuances of the NFL game is something that's difficult. It's crazy. It's been, what, 13 years or whatever it was, I think he said, or 12 years since Andy Dalton uh, was drafted out of TCU. Can't him not believe it's been that long he's been in the league. And he was a solid player in Cincinnati. And I know the jokes for the Bengals that always get to the playoffs. And they would never win a playoff game under their former head coach, Marvin Lewis. And their fortunes certainly have changed. They have Joe Burrow there. And, of course, Jamar Chase and an excellent football team that they've had that's gone to AFC title game the last two years and the year prior going to the Super Bowl and losing. Um, their fortunes have changed. And we have a lot of former Bengals here in Carolina. And I'm hoping that we can uh, get some of the, that – the juice they got going up there now that can come here to Carolina and you can squeeze that out there and get some wins uh, this upcoming season and, of course, um, the next season, the seasons uh, to follow. But Andy Dalton has experience starting as a rookie, and that's what you would want. And he was asked about why Carolina. And he had said that for years he's been trying to play for Frank Reich and he's known Frank for a long time. He's really excited also when he saw that Josh McCown was going to be the quarterback coach here in Carolina. And he did mention he wanted to play for Frank Reich because, well, he, yes, he knew him. But also Indianapolis 
year after year was starting over with a new quarterback. And Andy Dalton wanted to be that guy. He knows that he's coming in a situation where he's not going to be the franchise that he may not ever start. But he wants to come in and just help the quarterback room. That's Matt Corral included, who could still have a role to play here in Carolina. And I know that I'm not very high on Matt Corral's future. And that's not has nothing to do with Matt Corral as a person or as a player. Again, last year, I told y'all, I loved watching that dude at Ole Miss, especially the Tennessee game on Saturday night. Uh, it was a game where Lane Kiffin had a golf ball and a mustard bottle thrown at him. Matt Corral was a warrior in that game. That dude played banged up. I had a lot of respect for him playing that Sugar Bowl, a game that Ole Miss is not playing a lot. And that dude went out there and played. He had an ankle injury, and people acted like it was the end of the world. I got a lot of respect for dudes who go out there and don't quit on their teams. And that was one of the things about Bryce Young and Will Anderson. They said, hey, we are the leaders on this team. We have to, we can't go out there and talk about commitment and then we decide, oh, hey, what's best for us? We're not going to play in this game. No, we're going to finish the season. I had a lot of respect for Matt Corral for doing that, and I enjoyed watching him play at Ole Miss, and I thought Lane Kiffin did a really good job with him. The unfortunate thing is he got injured last year, and he did not get an opportunity, and the Panthers are taking a quarterback at number one, and they have Andy Dalton, who is an experienced veteran. Now, Andy Dalton can come in here and not just be able to help Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, or Will Levis, whoever they take at number one, he can help Matt Corral develop into that backup, or who knows how things end up happening. We've already seen in the past in the NFL, Robert Griffin III go be the rookie of the year and be a fantastic quarterback, go through injuries, and then Kirk Cousins ends up being the guy. And he was drafted in the same draft class later on in the fourth round. And Kirk Cousins is still playing the league, and RG3 is on TV, doing a great job, by the way. But he's on, he's on TV while Kirk is out there getting guaranteed money. Who's to say that's not the same thing that happens here in Carolina? Apparently, Matt Corral is up to 2 of 20. He's really worked on his body. He's ready to compete. He's going to come in here. He's going to compete with Andy Dalton. I think they're going to carry three. But Andy Dalton can aid Matt Corral, not just Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. He can really help this quarterback room as a whole. We'll even throw um, Jacob Eason in there as well since he's here in Carolina. So I'm really excited about that for Andy Dalton and for the for the what they have what we have here in Carolina because they're going to need a backup whenever Dalton leaves whether it's after the season or after the 2024 season they're going to need someone and Matt Corral heading into what would be his fourth year could be that guy for the Carolina Panthers and who knows what the future holds but right now the plans certainly are not for Matt Corral to be the starter in the franchise here in Carolina we'll see how it works out I think it's a good thing for Matt Corral that Andy Dalton is here it's not just about the rookie but it's also about a young guy who was unable to play his rookie season because of a fit foot injury. And Dalton feels like the experiences that he's had in the NFL, especially having started as a rookie and being a young player, he can help them. So I'm excited about that. Miles Sanders, he also came to the podium, spoke to the media uh, on Wednesday, and he talked about Deuce Staley, which no surprise was the main reason he came to Carolina. By the way, out on Friday night um, at Charlotte Beer Garden for my friend's birthday, and Deuce Staley was there on the rooftop. I was like, oh, Deuce Staley. Uh, I don't know who he was with. I think it was, like, by himself. He got a beer, walked downstairs. Uh, but either way, Deuce Daly, big fan of Cheryl Beer Garden, apparently. Um, but no surprise to hear that Miles Sanders came here because of Deuce Daly. Having drafted him in Philadelphia, was his running backs coach in Philly for a period of time, now here in Carolina as the assistant head coach and, of course, the running backs coach. Makes all the sense in the world for Miles Sanders, who got a taste of the Super Bowl last year and wasn't going to get paid by Philadelphia to come here to Carolina. And I've told y'all how I feel like running backs should be making federal minimum wage. And of course I'm joking league minimum, which I believe is $1.08 million. Uh, that's what I think they should be making. 
jokes aside, still you, you pay them their market value. And apparently Miles Sanders market value was the four years, 25 million, 11 million fully guaranteed. Uh, however, it broke down. I think he's going to be a really good player for Carolina. And I've talked about with the pass catchers, you can't just look at the wide receiver group, look at Hayden Hurst as well. Look at Miles Sanders and what he can do out of the backfield. And I think he's going to be a solid running back for the Panthers. And he's also someone who's hungry. He talked about it's addicting to be able to get a taste of the Super Bowl. That's what you want. He's coming down to Carolina to help build something special. The same reason why Adam Thielen is here and why all these guys signed here to Carolina. They want to build something special. And they look at the coaching staff and the potential of what they're going to get in a rookie quarterback, and they believe that they can rule the NFC South. And Miles Sanders is among those people who believes that. So I'm happy he's here. I don't love the idea of paying the running back the kind of money you paid him, but he's a good player. And I want people to understand when I say things about Corral, I don't have any problem with him. I'm just looking at the reality of the situation. And with Miles Sanders, it's just philosophically, I just don't believe in showing up that kind of cash for running back. It's not like it's a ton of money. It's certainly not what Christian McCaffrey is getting paid. You can get a lot of good snaps out of Miles Sanders. He's going to help this offense. He can be that safety valve along with Hayden Hurst for whoever the rookie is. I think he's going to be I not not going to be. I think he's an excellent addition for the Carolina Panthers. Just didn't want him at that price. But knowing that he is still hungry, even having gone to Super Bowl, so I, don't, and I don't think it would be it would matter whether he had won or lost. He talked about how it's addicting to get that taste. He wants to be here and he wants to get back with the Panthers with Deuce, who he said understands him and being here in Carolina, a coach who understands him was so important to him. He's hungry. His whole team is hungry to prove something. And, yes, he's had success. He's been in the playoffs. Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin, J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson, a lot of the younger guys who have become veterans here, they haven't had that taste. And they're going to respect the hell of a dude who's coming in here, who is coming out here to coming in here to take – he said, like he's, he said, like, don't make fun of me. I'm trying to take it day by day. And I don't really have goals. My, it will take care of itself. Just trying to take it day by day and earn the respect in the locker room. And with that attitude, that mentality, and what he's done, I absolutely believe that's going to be the case for Miles Sanders here in Carolina. And, this, and you have to look at the offense as well. A similar system. Nick Sirianni, where did he learn that offense? From his time in Indianapolis, working with Frank Reich. Very similar scheme. I'm sure some things were changed and modified and enhanced based on what Sirianni wanted to do in Philadelphia. There's not much of a learning curve for him back here in Carolina particularly when you work with a coach and do Staley, who you work with before and you feel very comfortable working with. Okay, so there we go. Andy Dalton, Miles Sanders here in Carolina. Again, take one more pause and come back, let you know what's coming up here on the show over the next week, and then wrap things up here on Locked On Panthers. All right, before I get out of here, I want to give you all just kind of a rundown of what I'm looking at for the next week or so as we lead into the NFL draft and even when we get to the draft. So tomorrow, weekly Friday mailbag, at me, DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Get those questions into me right now. Going to take the best questions. I feel like y'all can deliver for me. I already got some good questions so far, but at me, DM me. Get those questions in for the weekly Friday mailbag. Your last chance to ask me a question heading into the draft next Thursday night. On Monday, Dane Brugler from The Athletic, their NFL draft analyst, Going to have him on the show, talk about his latest mock draft, talk about what he's learned about the Panthers and who they've been pursuing throughout the last couple of weeks. Want to get his insights. I think that's a really good show that we're going to have here on Monday morning. So check that out. I think the YouTube show should be out on Sunday evening. 
Tuesday, still TBD, but I will be speaking to Mike K of the Charlotte Observer um, early next week. Believe I'm going to have that on Wednesday for y'all. Then on Thursday, my final thoughts heading into the NFL draft. We'll see what kind of news comes out over the weekend and early next week. And whether we know heading into the draft who the Panthers are actually going to take, it seems like it's going to be Bryce Young. But that could change. And Roger Goodell wants there to be some sort of intrigue. Doesn't seem like there's that much right now. But as we know, not too long ago with C.J. Stroud. And there's been murmurs about Anthony Richardson and trade back. Scott Bitter said they don't want to trade back. We'll see what happens come next week. So final thoughts heading into the draft on Thursday. Then no Friday mailbag next week as that will be me reacting to what the Carolina Panthers do in the first round. Probably going to go live at some point. I don't imagine they're going to trade into uh, the first round again. So probably going to go live not too long after Bryce Young or CJ Stroud is drafted number one overall by the Carolina Panthers. Then look for on Saturday going to have some reactions from day two of the draft, the second and third round as the Carolina Panthers have big choice to make there at 39 where they can get a really good player and we'll see what they do at 93 and if they potentially make any sort of moves on day two, which they've done the last few years of Scott Fitterer as the general manager. So that's what we got coming up. Friday mailbag tomorrow, Dane Brugler on Monday, Tuesday, still trying to figure out, kind of wait to see what kind of news comes out over the weekend. Um, Wednesday, Mike K, Charlotte Observer. Thursday, final thoughts heading into the NFL draft. And Friday will be my reaction from night one of the draft. And Saturday, a bonus episode, my reaction from day two of the draft. And, of course, coming up probably uh, maybe released on Sunday evening, but really on Monday will be my overall draft thoughts, what they do on day three, and just the thoughts overall on the Carolina Panthers draft class. So all that coming up here on the show. Just want to give you all just an understanding of what we got going on here on Locked on Panthers. So certainly make sure to subscribe and to follow the show for free and not miss a single episode. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where tomorrow I'll be back one final time before the draft to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to y'all on Friday.